With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Craig Davis, and you're listening to the Lion of Vienna podcast. gentlemen welcome to the sixth episode of the line of vienna podcast it's sunday the 12th of april in the year 2015 but you already knew that and um, you may have noticed something slightly different this week's episode we've had an introduction our very first we've been hounding we've been harassing people involved with bolton wanderers past and present for a number of weeks now um, and we want to give great thanks to the dan holker at bolton wanderers for uh, providing us with a little introduction from one of our esteemed players there. There may be some more surprises to come in the uh, in the next few weeks, depending on how things go, but hopefully it's gone down well with you as it went down well with us. Tonight, I'm joined by uh, Dan Murphy, Liam O'Mara. Liam, see how I pronounce your surname then? Is that right? Correct. Okay, Liam O'Mara. Uh, Rob Layden making his debut. <laughs> Rob Layden making his debut on the show on the pod tonight. Are you, Rob, how are you doing? You okay? I'm good, thanks, Chris. How are you? Excellent. I'm fine. Thank you, pal. I'm very good. Just done my ironing for the week, so I'm feeling a little bit energetic. <laughs> so we're going to start off tonight to uh, just have a quick reflection on the Cardiff match. Obviously, uh, a cracking 3-0 win for the boys. Um, I've got my own thoughts, but we'll come to myself at the end. I think we'll put Rob in the firing line straight away, what with him being the debutant, the, uh, the love pod virgin, if you want to say it like that. I don't want to say it like that, but some people may. So, Rob, <laughs> just uh, you know, just summarise the game. What do you think? What, what, what have you taken from it? And uh, yeah, off you go, pal. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was very much a game of two halves. I mean, we could have been we could have been two or three down at half time, but um, we came back into it in the second half, and I think Ida kind of reappeared in the second half. He was pretty anonymous in the first half, but um, yeah, he stepped up with an awesome goal, which is what he's capable of. And then obviously Craig Davis stepped up with two goals out of nowhere. I think I said in the in the match thread, Craig Davis missed that one on one when he's put through in by Ida. And um, I was like, when's, I can't remember the last time he scored before that. And he scored those two goals. I don't know where they came from, but that made him our top scorer. But then he goes to get injured, but then we'll come on to that in a bit. But um, I don't know. I think that second half was, that's what we're capable of when we actually go and attack teams. And yeah, it's, we need to do that more. And it showed, I think it showed the weekend, like when we try and defend and just don't attack teams, we just, we get taken apart and, yeah, I mean, the second half was amazing. It's the best I've seen us for ages. So, uh, more the same next year, I think. Completely agree, completely agree. I, I seem to recall uh, following the game on the internet, what we were being a bit of a shit fan, that there was a, a proper outcry of, uh, oh, typical Craig Davies, typical Davies in the first half when he missed one or two yeah. chances. And then and then by the end, of course, he was the saviour. Um, on yeah. that note, on that note, um, we'll, we'll just shift on to Liam slightly. Thanks for that, Rob. Um, Liam, what, what were your thoughts and what did you take away from the game? Well, yeah, two fantastic goals from Craig Davis. I think I felt a lot, of, you know, like the same as a lot of people, is that I was quite frustrated that this we've not had this attacking freedom in a lot of our football. Considering that 
for the last five weeks, we've had no real threat to us as you know as as a championship side. Our position has been pretty much safe for a good couple of months now. Obviously, there was a little bit of uncertainty, but we should be playing with that sort of freedom every week. And what a fantastic result it was! Ida, you know, the, what better sighters than seeing Emileski teeing Ida to score? I mean, it's fantastic. It's just frustrating that we seem to be so shackled in every other game. I mean, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, it's easily the best we've played probably since maybe the Wigan game when we battered them 3-1 ages ago. So it's it was really refreshing and I don't think we've scored three... The quality of the goals we scored, I don't think we scored as... Uh, don't think we scored as many good goals in a single game for quite a long while. So it was really nice to see, well, see vines of us playing well. But um, I'd say it's... It is quite frustrating when you can see what we can do away of all places and then when we come home next week after I'll bite against a good side, um, we seem scared to play them like, and we know we can do when yeah. we go, go at team. Well, that brings it on to, to something that, that, that crossed my mind um, yesterday. I was, actually, I was going to think about doing a piece with the site, but uh, life got in the way. Um, I'll come to you each individual to get your opinion, but what, what about the thought that maybe we're, we're a better team without luck? Andrew playing it's a slightly controversial opinion in that obviously he brings something that other players don't but he also frees us up to play a little bit more of a, of a fluid formation when we've not got a static man up front obviously because Johnson Heskey Davies you can play front left centre slightly behind the centre a main centre forward but whether something like that that wandering false nine kind of play might might suit us a little bit better um, I, I know I've thrown this to you out of the blue a little bit but Dan what do you think think I'm onto something there that's just one of my brain parts no, no, I think you might be there because I do like Lafondre, and I would. We're never going to sign him because we still have the money, but well, maybe. Yeah. But um, I would. I do agree with that a little bit because whilst I do like him, I think he has been slightly underwhelming in his time here. Like he, I don't know what it is. Like he scored, he scored a great goal at the weekend, but I think because I've said as I've said before, he's a striker that very much relies on service, and we don't tend to get much service. Whereas strikers like Ooh. Craig Davis get the ball themselves and run with it like he displayed against Cardiff and maybe yeah. like Lafondre's a good player but maybe he just doesn't suit our team it's quite, one dimension, it's quite one dimensional um, I mean I like him and I think we should sign him most definitely but I think he can he can introduce a slightly one dimensional element to our game what with him not really being a he's not a big lad so you can't knock it up to he only relies on sort of penalty box chances I guess is the right way of putting it um, Liam what do you think? Um, I wouldn't say better but maybe just different Mm. He, like you say, he's one-dimensional, and I think with Lafondra, the problem is, is that when he's on the pitch, it sort of encourages to play that hopeless through ball forward. That yeah, he might get on the end of, but he's right outside on the wing, and the best we can hope for a lot of the time is a throw-in. He's very good, but is he always the best option? I think he'd be much, a player much suited to a home game when you're a bit more on top, yeah. and he might get that chance where it bounces for him. But when you're away from home, I just think you really appreciate what Emileski has brought since he's come in. He mm. just he just soaks up the game for us, and he becomes an outlaw, and he makes players like Craig Davis, you know, look real, really threatening. So I think he's been great. I just think he's he should be an option to a team, not necessarily your your solid number nine. What about you, yeah, Rob? Rob? Yeah, Rob. But maybe what's the, the impact sub route? I think that might be something we could go on and use. I mean, we've not really got much strength in depth as a, as a team. Do you think that the Maybe, quality of Lafondre yeah. coming on with, with 25, 30 minutes to go might be a might be an option? Maybe, but given our finances, I'm not sure it's really a realistic option. Um, yeah, true. I think Lafondre is all about his finishing. He's a quality finisher. He's probably a Premier League finisher. 
But then I don't really see what he does outside of that. I think next year we'll we have Max Clayton back, hopefully. We'll have Zach Clough back. I'd rather have both of those two than go and pay money for Lafondra. I think we can... But then we're going to lose Heskey, and then do we keep Davis? And I don't know. I think Lafondra's a great finisher, but I don't really know if he can drip to the team. And I think you need someone in the championship who's going to really put an effort in and put, put a shift in. So part, I mean, in the game against Norwich, you need nothing apart from score. Um, and most games, that's, that's not in, a bad thing. That's not a bad thing in itself. Let's no, not, it's not, let's no, not, it's uh, not bad. But. You might demand too much of him. I, I, know, I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, personally, I, you know, I, I do, I, I do like him a, bit, a lot, and I, and I think he's something we should look to sign. But at the same time, I'm also fairly realistic in that I think it is very unlikely to happen. Um, yeah. On a slightly different tangent, you got Matt Mills now. He obviously he was there against. Cardiff, captain aside, kept a clean sheet along with the rest of the defence, that was great. But he was missing on uh, against Norwich at weekend. Now, I'm not going to dive too much into Norwich. Uh, we'll come to that later on. But Matt Mills' presence or, or lack of in the team, um, we'll come back to you, Dan. Uh, how, how do you think that maybe affects us on Saturday? Because obviously he brought, brought the beat back in and, he, and he's See, tinkered with the formation again as well. Whatever you may think of Mills, like quality-wise... Like he can, he's he can be a bit reckless. I find he like he comes out a lot and does um, almost uh, flamboyant challenges like flicks and divings to get the ball and stuff. But um, I think he's a leader and probably the only real leader we have. Like Ida's obviously a good captain for experience and that type of stuff, and Heskey obviously. But with Mills, he's a real he he commands the defense more than anyone else does, and I think we did miss that on on Saturday. Whereas obviously we'll get into it more. I thought Reem stood up well in the centre-half position where he hasn't fared well ever. Obviously, he missed out in the end. But um, we miss Mills. Is just Mills' leadership qualities at the back, in my opinion. Fair enough. Liam, um, Matt Mills, Cardiff and Norwich, what, what difference do you think he could have made to to, uh, to the team for, for Norwich? In brief, because like I said, we're still discussing uh, Cardiff technically. I know I've taken us away from that a little bit. But do you, do you think he's, um, his presence was, was missed this, this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, I do largely agree with Dan. I think anyone with that sort of experience, you're going to miss miss at the back, particularly with Mills, who's been ever present for you know for quite a while now in the first team under two two different managers. So, yeah, of course, the leadership was missed. Is his quality missed? That's a different question altogether. But yeah, yeah, you, you know, when you've conceded at home, you think, yeah, probably. A bit of leadership may well have helped us. Well, that brings me on to thinking about uh, Rob and for you to maybe think about David Wheatser. Would you walk him straight back in the first team? Should he be, should he ever be fit? You know, generally for more than a fortnight at a time. I don't know. He doesn't. Oh, he's slow. Um, but then he's when he's come in this year, he's played well. Um, I don't know when when's his contract at Wheatser. I think he's got another 12 months, I think. Another 12 months at least. Maybe another year beyond that. Maybe 2017, perhaps, if I'm uh, if I'm thinking right. Yeah, I somebody can't look it up. Fine. Somebody look it up quick. That's what I'm doing. With my hand. Professionals. I can't buying Wheater, so I probably have to keep him. But um, yeah. when, he come, when he's come in this year, he's done well. Um, another season after this one. Right, okay. so we're, we've got him until 2017 then. 2016. Uh, so one more year after this. Oh, sorry, beg your pardon. Yeah, I'd keep hold of Wheater. Um, I think the fact that Mills missed out the weekend suggests there's something going on there. I don't think he's injured. So maybe maybe <laughs> they want to get rid. Maybe it free yeah. up some wages. It is a bit fishy. And, I think yeah. it is a bit fishy too. Um, yeah, okay. So, so, so bringing Cardiff to a sort of slow 
fire, a slow close. I know he said slow climax then, but I didn't want to reveal too much of my home life on the podcast. Um, but we saw the return of Adam. We saw the return of Adam Bogdan. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Um, we'll go back to uh, Liam this time. We'll shake things up a little bit. Liam Boggers, yes or no? Hundred percent, yes. Adam Bogdan is our best player. It, yeah, it, great. I find it incredible that people don't think otherwise. The, the natural talent that Bogdan has. I, I cannot believe we still have this player. It, it, <laughs> it, I can't comprehend how people can criticise Adam Bogdan. Game after game after game, he is solid, commanding, organises defence. We look so much better with him back. Mm. Someone disagree. Agree. No, no, no I, I agree with you. I, I probably wouldn't go quite as, as effusive as that. I don't think he's, he's perfect by any stretch. Um, but I, I do agree. I think he would probably walk into most teams in this league. Um, Dan, yay or nay? Yeah, definitely. And they only, I think a lot of as Liam was saying, how he doesn't understand people's criticism. I think a lot of people still see the fragile, timid goalkeeper that first, well, not first came in, but came in when we got relegated and making mistakes yeah. against Ipswich and Yeovil, you know, letting the ball slip through his legs, letting it bounce off him. He's not that anymore, as Liam said. He's a very commanding, dominating keeper. His distribution could improve a bit, but that's the same with most keepers, apart from Amos, really. Yeah. And I think, but yeah, he's easily. If we could keep him, it'd be an absolute coup if we keep him because I can't. As much as I love him and as much as I think, much as I hope, he should be going on to bigger things than us in the summer. So, was, yeah. so I'd be surprised if he stayed. Agreed. Delighted. What do you think about Bogdan, mate? Um, I think Logda- I think Lonigan's been better than him this year. I think Lonigan. Whoa! Oh, he's had a few really good games where he's made some amazing saves. Um, he made a couple of world class saves against Blackburn on uh, Boxing Day, for example, and. Yeah, he's been, he's been amazing in a few games. Whereas Bogdan seems to be injured quite a lot. And to be honest, I think I'm, I think it's time for him to move on. Personally, I think give Lonigan. I think Lonigan deserves another season, and then maybe bring in someone like Amos um, if we can afford him. But um, I think if you personally, if you're going to bring in Amos, you need to bring him in as the first as the first choice and, and make a stand that you, your, your first choice is Amos, and he's going to be your first choice for the next sort of five or six years. Much in the way that we anticipated uh, Bogdan being when when Yossi first yeah. uh, when Yossi disappeared off the scene, and, and you're right. I think this season he's suffered through injury. I think it's his first real injury-ridden campaign since he started. I mean, he must be what 26, 27. He's only been playing first-team football for, for sort of three seasons, I and mean, he's still quite young in that regard. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. There's an important decision to make. Um, okay, so one final thing that just comes to mind now, whilst just having a bit of a browse of the championship table while you lads were, were talking. And just notice, we've lost 14 away games this season. That's the same as Blackpool. Nobody else has even lost 12. Oh, no, Fulham have lost 12. So we, Fulham, us and Blackpool have got the worst away records in the league in terms of defeats. Um, you know, in, in a few words, just as we sort of reach the deadline for this segment, in, in a few words, starting with you, Dan, how do you think Lennon can uh, address that over the coming season? And, and I'll let Liam and Rob have a bit of a think about that before I put them on the spot. And the same way I'll put you on the spot. Off yeah, throw me into the deep end. Um, I think we need to... He needs to sort out... He needs to get... He needs to become decided on his tactics, what he's going to use. He needs to stop. <clears throat> Obviously, you can experiment and tinker as much as you like, but you need to... He needs During the pre-season, he needs to settle on what his strongest team is. He needs to yeah. settle on what he's going to do away, what he's going to do at home. And I think the 3-5-2 is a contentious formation. I don't know. Like It worked wonders against Cardiff, but then against um, Norwich, we looked exposed a lot of the time. So mm. I think he has, a, he has a lot of hard thinking to do during the summer. I think he just needs to, A, make the defence and just get more solid, get it, get everybody 
working on together because, like I said, with the injuries we've had at the club, the defenders have not had a, had the time to build um, partnerships with each other. Yeah. So they need. So we need to get a strong partnership built, and then we need to get our tactics and our formations consistent, so they can start getting a get, getting a rhythm together and getting in a routine of going to places and grinding out results. Yeah. Do you think some some of that's got to do with the fact that he's not been able to pick a, a settled team particularly often as well, Will? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's because of the injury problem that we've you know had mm. since we've been relegated or since Coyles last season, really, which has just yeah. plagued the club so badly. And obviously, that Fair. needs a good looking eye in the summer as well. Fair enough, Liam. We need some more energy. I think you tend to get results on your A games with hard work, as well as being yeah. better and being tactically aware. Hard work really gets you through it. And I think this season, with a lengthy injury, Prattley, we've really missed that midfield mm-hmm. dominance all over the pitch. And I think that'll make us have to sit back a little bit away from home where we can't necessarily press as much as we'd like to with obviously not having the crowd as good as yeah. that Macron crowd is behind them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we need to invest in some more... Well, invest is probably the wrong word in our situation, but we need to sort out the... Uh, dynamism in midfield and I think that would stand as in good step Fair enough Fair enough Rob do you want to close this bit mate? Yeah I agree with Liam as well about having um, the dynamism in midfield I think it's also going to have the right players I think we need to have the players that Lennon wants and the players that he wants to have at the club in the right places in the team I think it also comes down to having the players that can actually play in the right positions as well because you know you've got Vela playing right back he's not a right back even though he's played really well there this year he's not a right back he's a midfielder um, you got like Tim Ream who's played left back for the last two years now playing at centre back you got Dean Moxie playing at centre back and he's rubbish anyway but he's playing at centre yeah. back and that doesn't work and then you got like Philip Twardzik playing left back when he's <laughs> never played a game for us before and I just think you need he needs a summer to rebuild get the right players in um, get the players trained on where he wants them how he wants them to play and I think we'll be a much better team next year when we've had um, a summer with Lennon building Agree, agree. I mean, from my point of view, I, I think you're all right. You know, I think you can bring all aspects of all your elements together there, and you, you're gonna you're gonna hit upon a decent strategy going forward. So that's great, lads. Nice one. We'll uh, we'll just take a short break while we collect our thoughts, and we'll uh, we'll come back in a moment or two with a section relating to the uh, to the general injury problems we've got at the club. See you in a minute. Okay, everybody, welcome back from that quick toilet break. I hope you've all uh, suitably refreshed and ready for another dose of lime and Vienna sweet goodness coming in your ears. Right, we're going to dive straight into uh, a very topical topic, if you want to call it that. Uh, injuries, the I word that's plagued the club this season, plagued the club for maybe a bit longer than just this season as well. News broke after the Cardiff game, and, and coincidentally, news broke on the day that Craig Davis talked about the spark that's going to uh, reignite the rest of his Bolton Wanderers career. We probably should have known that moments later he'll be struck down by yet another hamstring injury. Seemingly, these hamstrings are made out of those cheese string things I used to have in my lunchbox at school. But it's been a, a general problem across the whole club, to be honest. It's not just Davies. Dan, we'll start with you. What are you thinking about these injuries? Have you got any sort of idea as to what might be the cause or the solution? Or do you just think it's just luck? Bad luck? When it's been a good five years, when you've had consistently had players being out more than a month at a time like you know from Marcus Alonso to fucking Davis now when they're consistently getting injured it can't just be bad luck as much as you know we'd like to damn it all but um so it must there's got to be some reason it's either I don't want to accuse anyone at the club or anything because that's a dickish move but um it's either got to, there's either a problem with the physio staff that just can't get in the players recovered correctly and they're getting injured straight again or the surface the training on at the 
the training ground just is damaging them because um, I think I read something in the Bolton News the other day saying that they're going to look at relaying the pitch during the summer, and I think that could be a you know that could definitely be a help if we get a fresh pitch down and it's not as crippling to our squad as it has been for the last few years. Yeah, I think Arsenal was... took a similar approach yeah. and they, they yeah, spent they did, a bit yeah. more kind of relaying their training ground as, a, as a, an effort to try and stop all that kind of carry on. But yeah, that's, some, that's something we could look into. Uh, interesting. I mean, going forward, do you think it's a question of maybe signing the right players before they come to the club rather than the, the players who might have a history of niggling injuries like this and maybe doing a bit of research, a bit more homework before signing in the first place? Maybe, but... I think it's hard. Like we can't. We don't know if it's the club that's making the players injured, or if it's the injured players themselves. Like I can't really, you know, can't call back to play much, but many players that were here before. Yeah. Like I don't know the history of many players that were here before. Oh fuck's sake! I don't know the history of many players before. They were, <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I can't really smoothly say. Done, smoothly done. Yes. I'll, I'll edit that bit out. Um, so I don't really know if like Craig Davis had niggly injuries all the time when he was at Barnsley in Italy, apparently. So um, maybe it is the club that's doing it, and maybe it's the players. But either way, it needs definitely needs a serious look at in the summer because it has plagued all our hopes of doing anything this season. Really agreed, Liam. Um, on a, a topical point yet again, um, United today they seem to be playing better. Obviously, once they've got all their, their players back injured, there was a point over the course of the earlier part of the season when Van Hal's training methods were being called into question that he was maybe working them a bit too hard. Do you think there's a possibility that Lennon's got the similar sort of approach to the Wanderers team? Maybe he's found players not as fit as he'd like them to be, or perhaps with uh, you know little niggling injuries under the under the scene that have been glossed over a little bit that have come to the fore once these new training methods have been employed. Do you think there's any mileage in that? I'm very much so. I've never really heard much criticism in the past of Lennon's training. Pretty much most players who have played under Lennon at Celtic absolutely loved, you know, what he was doing there. I'm not. It's not like with Owen Coyle, where afterwards you heard about head tennis for chocolate bars and fizzy drinks. There's been no criticism of Lennon's training. Now, as for underlying injuries, I mean, you, you could well be onto something, Chris. You know, touching on Dan's point when he was looking into the club, and you know, I forbid me to talk about something that I I obviously know nothing about, so sports science. But <laughs> for for me, when it comes to investments, you try and do all you can. With your, you know, you do diligence to make sure that that investment. Works here. I would question how well we're doing in these medicals. Yeah. Because these Me sorts too. Of injuries, I, I'm on board with this. I'm, I'm totally on board with you on this. It, you know, from Craig Davis, from pretty much go, he has had injury problem after injury problem. Oh, and by the way, Craig, thanks for the intro, mate. You know, uh, let us know if you want to send us some grapes if you get well soon, buddy. But <laughs> every single time, it, as soon as he gets a bit of form, he goes again. And maybe a change of training is... You know, it, it is a catalyst for these injuries. But I don't necessarily would point the finger at Lennon. You can't blame the man who's telling them to run if there's a problem. I mean, does that echo your thoughts, Chris? It does, really. I mean, I've mentioned this on the pod before, and it's something I've been told by my uh, my, my mate who works at the club, that, that there's often been a suspicion that Lennon, uh, not Lennon, sorry, that uh, Friedman didn't do enough in terms of research. And obviously, Friedman on his own is not going to be solely responsible for that book. Freeman and his staff and, and the medical staff along the way as well have uh, 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 been bringing in players who were effectively broken to start with. And that's why we're always playing catch-up with the likes of Trotter, Davies and what have you. They're always missing games. Now, I think it's quite telling, and, and Rob, you may uh, agree with me on this, is that, that since Lennon's coming in and he's revamped and changed the entire scouting network, I mean, I don't think it's been publicised yet, but about six or seven weeks ago, he sacked the entire scouting staff and he started again. 
employed a new head coach, a new head scout, new regional scouts. We had scouts all over the world. He's binned all them off, and we're just now operating a more streamlined floating system, which uh, I don't think it's been publicised yet. But that that came to, that came out about six or seven weeks ago. So I, I think you're right, and I think that's exactly what he thinks that, that due diligence has been insufficient. Preparations and plans haven't been done to the fullest extent. Maybe because we were desperate for bodies that we've maybe taken a gamble on someone that's had a bit of a bit of a dodgy past in terms of injuries, and and it's coming now to bite us on the arse, which is obviously not Lennon's fault, but it's something that he's having to manage. Um, Rob, I know we, we've covered quite a bit of ground already on this, but have you got anything to add to the discussion on uh, on injuries? Yeah, I think it seems that whenever anyone gets into form, they get injured. I mean, there was uh, Prattley went like four games in a row scoring, then got injured. Clough scored seven in like two months, got injured. Uh, yeah. David scores two goals, gets injured. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can blame anyone for that. I think that's probably bad luck. But um, yeah, I think this new scouting system sounds good. I mean, Friedman was obviously bringing the wrong players in. He's obviously just a rubbish manager and terrible trainer because like he vilified Josh Vela, who's been one of our best players this year. And it's like... Most definitely. I mean, he's obviously just a rubbish manager, and he's obviously doing he's doing the same with Forrest now. Forrest fans are all angry about him already. So, mm. I think fair enough. Fair enough. Now, a manager, and he's going to turn it around, and let's give him the yeah. summer to uh, see what he can do. I think I think you're right, and I think that's it. that's that's what's going to happen, as far as I can tell. I mean, I think we're going to see things change quite drastically, and uh, and I'd be confident that we'll be able to start the season on the front foot for once, rather than having a bit of a bad run and always playing catch up. Um, but it's help. good to see uh, it's good to see Mark Davies make his return as well. And, and again, we're sort of pushing forward a little bit to, to a bit of Norwich chat here. But uh, what what role do you think? What role do each of you think he can play in the final four or five games, whatever it is, uh, before the season ends? Uh, Dan, do you want to take that one first? I don't really. I don't think he'll get much game time. I think he'll get the odds. He'll probably start a game or so when he, you know, because Lennon, Lennon probably want to see him get back again. But I think Ida's obviously taken that position up for now. Now, you'd imagine he'll get rested on Tuesday, so I might be eating my words and Matt Davis probably start on Tuesday now. But I'd, I'd still like to see Regina get more of game time. I think he's been, obviously, he was amazing against Ipswich, and then ever since he's he's paid the price for other players not giving him the ball and letting him express himself. Yeah. So I think yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him get more of a go, to be honest with you. Fair dues, Liam. I probably wouldn't bother, really. I'd I'd be tempted to give him 10 minutes there, 15 minutes there, but we've got nothing to play for. I think there's always been the problem that he's been rushed back. You know, obviously in different times, you know, we've had more urgency perhaps. We're chasing the playoffs so or we're looking over our shoulders. But for now, I really don't see the point in taking the risk. Just yeah. let him ease through. He's, re- rehab's obviously gone very well this time. Let him ease through. If, get him 10 minutes, get him in the under-21s and just, you know, wrap him in cotton wool before next season. I mean, what yeah, do you think, Rob? Is. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we need to just give Davis a rest and give him the summer to come back next year. Because on his day, he's probably our best player. But he's just injured every time he comes back. After three or four matches, he gets injured again. So, let's give him a rest, get him recuperated, get whatever is wrong with his knee fixed and... Uh, yeah, why risk it for four matches? We've got nothing to play for. I think just give Regina a game. Give what about like Slavchev? Where's he? He's not even just come in. Is he injured? Yeah, yeah. he's not going to be an option now. There, there is an argument as well to, uh, you know, to as, a, as, a, as a counterpoint to your Regina question, which I fully appreciate where you're coming from. But you know, why would you bother? They're not, probably not going to be here next season. Wouldn't you rather concentrate on playing players who are definitely going to be here next season? Now that might be yeah. Mark Davies for a little. bit 
a bit longer, or, or it might be you know somebody from the reserves that we've not thought of yet. Now I don't know if you noticed, but last week um, a, a couple of academy players were given squad numbers, and I'm not I can't think of the name off the top of my head. There was Francis, I think it's a lumber, uh, and I can't remember what the other chap's name is. But they were given squad numbers on, on the sly a little bit. It was just it just appeared on the, the profile section of the website out of the blue. And so I wonder whether Lennon's going to take the chance to blood a couple of, uh, of, of academy lads before the end of the season in the place of loanees who are likely not to be here. Rob, do you think that, that's a, a decent yeah, way of approaching I definitely do that. I mean, look at Tom Walker, for example. I mean, he's never played yeah. for us um, before this season, well, before two months ago. And that, I mean... Well, I mean, we're going to come on to Norwich in a bit, but he's been our best player for the last two matches, I think. Last maybe three matches. But um, he's been quality. And they've given him a chance and taken a risk and taken a bit of a gamble. But, yeah, he looks amazing. He looks like he's been in the team for two years now. But uh, agreed, I think def- rather, definitely rather see youngsters come through than like, take some 30-year-old <coughs> rubbish midfielder like Giles Coke on loan, to be honest. <laughs> What do you think, Liam? Would you rather see a couple of academy kids get a chance and just see what they can do? Or would you, do you think we, uh, we need to get the points on the board and finish as high as we can to start next season on a positive note? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say we need the points on the board to finish as high as we can. But what I wouldn't want to see is the young players get swamped. Because I remember a game that West Ham played against Knox Forest last year in the FA Cup. Oh, yeah, and, good point. And Allardyce just threw them kids in there. Now, we've all been under Allardyce and we know that he doesn't necessarily take from club <laughs> Up, seriously. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was one night. Anyway, um, with that, I just felt that that was torturous for those academy players, and I don't think they learned anything from it whatsoever. So, yeah, you know, bleed some in, but at the same time, we need to be a competitive team, or else there's no point playing the games. Absolutely right. I mean, to, to finish this little section off, uh, Dan. Are you going to agree or disagree with the boys? I'd, I'd say on one note, I think the youngsters, the other youngsters that I'd like to see in the team next season, I think they're all out on loan. So like the likes of Kelly or DeLucy. And, um, yeah. So they're out on loan. I think more, they're the attackers I'd like to see and where, like, who would take up Matt Davis's position and that stuff. But um, I'd like to see the more defenders in. So I'd like to see Hayden White get more of a run in the team. I'd like to see Oscar Freckeld, who I thought would kick on a lot this season, but unfortunately hasn't. We've not seen him since Norwich away. Really, and I'm quite disappointed in that. And then with the plays we have got, I think I think it, this maybe this period of time in the summer is going to be the last chance soon for like it's likes of Ilyev and Leicester possibly. So I'd like maybe yeah, I think I would like to see him get a goal. But in the same breath, I think Rachina is probably going to come back again on loan next year. So I would an easy young player. So I think I I would really like to see him get more game time. Obviously, I'm, I am torn between wanting to see our own lads play and someone else's, but I. I Really like the look of Regina. I think he's got something about him, so I would like to see a lot more of him. But yeah, it was a real shame for him to be uh, a real shame for him to be so swamped in the uh, in the Blackpool home game. But with regards to Leicester, I think it was Hartlepool I read last week. He had a he had a yeah. trial one line there, so it's a shame. And I think yeah, he scored too. You're right. And I think Drellkeld is another good example of uh, of somebody that, that unfortunately, as much as we might want them all to be successful, I think it's yeah. going to be unlikely that all the academy graduates are going to end up being good enough for the first team. But no, I, I think we've got a good crop of kids and I think it's something that we can look to do. And I don't think Lennon will be shy about doing it in the last few weeks, especially because we're not, we're not playing anybody particularly taxing you know, with respect yeah. to, uh, to Charlton and Birmingham. And I know we're playing Bournemouth away, but you can almost, you can almost write that one off really as, 
uh, as a yeah. bit of a dead rubber because they may even be they may they might, might very well be uh, promoted by that point anyway. I'm not too yeah. sure how the maths work out. But uh, yeah, yeah great. Okay, lads. Sorry, sorry, did you get something else to crack on? Oh, I was just say the Bournemouth game would probably be a party for them if they're up already, so they might yeah. have complete concentration and slip up. I think quick, exactly, on, a yeah. quick, on a quick note, if you're saying Freckeld, um, if you think he's a gone, I do kind of agree, but maybe since Lennon's criticised the defence so much, which we will move on to, Quay Taylor, I'd like to maybe see him give him a go in the hard defence since nobody else seems really up to it. Yeah, well, what was the name of the Irish lad we had? Was it? No, Connolly, that's the one. Connolly was oh, the, yeah. uh-huh. the captain of the he was, the... he was the captain of the reserves, and we were really struggling for defenders at the time. It was just in the post-Cahill days that, you know, that, that night's perilous reign in charge of the back four. And, uh, uh, we had uh, Connolly as captain. We paid a decent whack of money for He never got the chance. Now, uh-huh. I don't know if you know much about Quade Taylor, Rob. We'll, we'll come back to you on this. But he, as captain of the reserves, don't you think he should be first in line to get a, to get a shot in the first team? Yeah, I don't know much about him, to be honest. I think he was named in a in a first team squad once and then never reappeared. But um I think it was Sheffield Wednesday, but he was he was brought yeah. in by uh, well I think he was one of Dougie's last signings from the Palace. Palace he? Yeah. He's supposed to be a good prospect. I mean if he's captain in the under twenty one team then he can't be that bad. I mean Exactly. He's gotta be, exactly. be better than Dean Moxie at centre half. Come on. Yeah. I agree. He's playing every week. Give him a chance. He's gotta be half decent. Um yeah, I think you need to give him a chance and to see what happens in the last few games. Um if it doesn't work out, fine. But if he has a couple of good games, then it's worth it. Definitely. Definitely. OK, great. I think we've covered most aspects of uh, the injury crisis. We'll have to just uh, make sure that we're not stepping on any cracks in any pavement or picking up any rabbit's feet from the side of the road. Just anything we can do to try and improve the general circumstance at Wanderers. Uncross those fingers, uncross those toes. And lean. if you could uncross those eyes as well, that would be much appreciated. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> We'll move on to Norwich. Yeah, scathing. This is a hard-hitting, X-rated podcast, this, boys. Right, right. Norwich. Mmm, Norwich's a familiar story. Liam, I know I've just been mean to you, so I'll give you a chance to be mean back to me. What do you think of the Norwich game, mate? I think it's what most of us expected to happen, to be honest. Um, Quality side, coming to the Macron. We put up a fight, but inevitably, we let ourselves down and... You know, a moment of quality right at the end. I know how frustrating we all are. We're going to cover this in some detail. We're conceding late. But, you know, Norwich really looked strong. And I think the fact that we competed, I don't think we can be too disappointed. I think what hurt was the timing of the goal. I mean, what do you think, Dan? (laughs) Yeah, I I think I was on the floor laughing at it when it happened. Because it was so predictable. I literally... Same to me, Dar, so I don't know if you believe me or not, but I literally predicted every facet of their goal. Like, drone flick on someone lobbing it over the keeper. It was so obvious. I think, when we was on about the Mills, how we missed Mills against Norwich, like, would Mills have won that header against Jerome? He would have probably had a better chance than Ream at it, so maybe we did miss him. And I think, I don't really blame Ream for that, because I think he did have a good game, but the defending for that last goal, it was just dreadful. Like, Devita and Moxie, they're nowhere near, they're eight yards away from Hooper. Six million pound striker, and it's just... So frustrating. Well, after the improvement we made against Cardiff, to go and concede such a stupid goal in such a pivotal moment of the game against a really good team who did, well, did get, um, did dominate us a little bit in the second half. We're pushing for the winner because they want it so badly, but to let ourselves down so much is really quite hard to take. Totally agree with you, um, Rob. What did you see of the game? Yeah, I think well. I think Norwich are a good team. Um, we can't be too downhearted about a 2-1 defeat. The way it happened, it was just so predictable. And I think when when Gary Hooper came on, I said in the match thread, 
He's he's going to score. Uh, we're going to concede in the last minute, and it happened. But I mean, he's a quality player. I mean, he's like Liam said, he's a six million pound striker. They've got Cameron Jerome, who's played in the Premier League for the last yeah. you know five six years probably. Um, you look at their bench compared to ours. They've got tried and tested Premier League players, whereas we've got like kids and players who no one else wants. So I think the fact the way we came back into it was quite impressive and. We kind of shackled them a little bit in the second half, but they dominated that match and they deserve to win it as far as I'm concerned. And they're yeah, a better I team. An, I think there's an argument to be said that we, we, we kind of did as well as we possibly could have done probably with that uh, with the opposition and with our own thin ranks in, you know, in terms of what we've got to call upon. And, and squad depth is a, is a massive thing. There's no two ways about it because mm. we don't have the strength in depth, we don't have the experience, we don't have players like uh, Hooper on the bench you know, to come on who, who's played in the Champions League only a couple of years ago, Premier League last year. I know he didn't break, he didn't rip up any trees and what have you there, but the number of goals he scored for Celtic, you know, you got to you got to respect that no matter what you think of the standard of the division. Just wonder whether we approached it in maybe a slightly negative way, in that we kind of gave Norwich a little bit too much respect. I, I know he picked a you know a fairly attacking side with Lennon, but I just wonder whether we could have maybe taken that on board and whether we used those attacking players to their very best. Um, Dan, am I right? Am I wrong? What do you think? You are because we we started attacking. We did start quite attacking, but during the course of the half, I don't know why he changed it. Cause, well, we were getting we were holding our own, but they, they're not. They, they're a better side, so they were on us. But he moved either back and he went into the he put the midfield as a flat five instead yeah. of a four with good Johnson in front, and that just killed all our forward motion. Really, we had nothing. So no, we had we had no sticking power up front. Like Heskey was winning the ball, but it was going to no one, and then they were just coming on us like a like unrelenting pressure, and we were gonna. Crack eventually. What do you think, Liam? Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that, really. You know, they're, they're a strong side, and what you've said is absolutely nailed on. I think I think we were lucky to compete for so long. I mean, were we negative, or did just Norwich take the sting out of us? That's a question. Mm. You know, we can line up with an attacking, and Lennon's words ringing in their ears on the back of a great 3-0 win away at Cardiff, but as soon as Norwich start knocking the ball around, start creating chances, yeah. you're going to start naturally defending. I mean, is yeah. that a thought that you boys share? Really? Definitely, I think the, the loss of Mills and Davies are two two fairly pivotal ones in the in the team compared to the one that we did so well against Cardiff. I think if you take away, you know, the, the first choice centre half, and, and back to your point before about sticking power up front. I mean, Esky for all he's trying, he, he's not as good at playing the lone striker. Well, I don't think with Craig Davies, obviously, he's a lot more mobile, uh, and we were missing something because we didn't have that option. Uh, then we couldn't bring Davies off the bench. We couldn't really bring anyone of note really off the bench. I mean, I know he brought Janko on and Dan to, for all the will in the world, Jan, uh, Dan's has played up most of the season as a defensive midfielder and Janko is, you know, he's a kid. He's a kid, probably not played 10 games in his career yet. So I think strength in depth is a real big thing. I think it's something that we suffer from a lack of uh, over the weekend. It, it, it would have been nice to see Mark Davies get on the pitch. Um, I think he might have provided a bit more of attacking threat on the counter. Yeah. With the pace of Lafondra up front, with obviously his ability to finish quickly, um, uh, you know, I, I know Feeney. I, I don't want to labour a point too much on our mate Feeney, but he, uh, he he sort of didn't let anybody down. Who predicted that he might not necessarily be in the best form? Um, what do you think? Where do you think we go from there with him, uh, Liam? Do you want to take this one first? Do you, do you want to keep him? Do you want? To, do you think we can do better? Uh, and, nice. and if so, what what would you do with him? Well, I think with Feeney, I think we're all surprised how happy. Millwall were to see him go so mm. and I think within time we've sort of to see that for all his effort and his, his likability that 
there is a real lack of quality. The, the only thing that Feeney really brings you, he's got that rare mindset of getting to the byline and getting the ball in. But the problem is, mm. is that about seven or eight out of ten of his crosses go straight out for a goal kick. Mm. I've seen I'd seen more from Walker in that respect yeah. than I've seen from Feeney all season. Definitely. So, you know, whilst I like Feeney, I just I'm surprised that he's cut a career at this level. To be honest, mm. um, I'm surprised that Len- Lennon seems so taken with him as well. I mean, obviously Lennon's the, Lennon's the manager; he's the one that knows what he's doing. We're just a load of people with nothing better to do on a Sunday night. <laughs> but, you know, Lennon seems quite taken with him as well. I mean, I should think Clean has probably played more games this season than he has at any point in his career. Um, go- going forward, he, see, he you know, I, I don't see him dropping him at the first chance. I don't see him bringing in Janko, who's now back fit again immediately taking the place of Feeney. He seems quite content with Feeney. I think the fact that he thinks that Feeney can play um, as, as a sort of wing-back almost, as well as a, a traditional out-and-out right-winger, left-winger in a, in a 4-4-2 or whatever you want to call it, I think that adds options to Lennon's, Lennon's bow, and, and I think he's going to prepare to give him a chance. So I don't think we're going to be seeing the back of him anytime soon first. I, um, I think, Chris, helping him with that is that he fits into sort of that Lennon philosophy because what Feeney can do is he can keep hold of the ball for yeah. you know, a good stretch few seconds. Teams. Yeah, he can stretch teams. Now, if Lennon can think that instead of him putting in that, I'll say cross, but kicking it out of play, instead of him <laughs> doing that, and coming back inside and has someone like Mark Davis around him, then all of a sudden he becomes a very effective player. And perhaps that's where he sees him. Personally, I, I don't think he's got the, the know-how. But that may be how he sees him. Dan? I've been one of Feeney's biggest defenders through the course of the season like um, at the start of the season I even wrote a piece saying oh, I think he could be inverted commas a special wep- secret weapon for us this season and he, I proved, he proved myself he proved me right in the beginning of the season like he scored two against Cardiff he's got the most assists this season I think he's got 10 assists which is good for our standards 8 or 10 so he's definitely he's leading the way there but in the last few games he's just dropped off so big I don't know if it's playing wing back and he's up and down too much he, he looks tired in fairness but yeah, he's, just, he's just so limited and it's, it is sad to see because he slows down our attack so much when he should be like there was one example when he beat a player he ran past him and he had all the space and then his cross was shit but that's what he can bring he can bring a, a strong direct run on the wing but he doesn't do it often or off, usually he'll get the ball he'll come back he always comes back Keep as Liam said keeps it Whereas you saying that as a quality, I think it's more of a negative because he keeps it too much. Always goes back and it slows everything down, gives their team time to come back and leaves us out of ideas because our movement's not the best either. So I, I don't think Janko's much better really, but I hope we'd find a better replacement for him in the summer, personally. Yeah, I think that the, the and one conversation that Lennon had with the paperwork, you know, talking about transfers, was that he thinks that Janko, that the deal to do Janko was, was implicit in, in the signing of the player, I guess, that... Uh, his contract's up at United at the end of the season, much in the same way that Amos is. And, and the loan was much about a player getting to know the club that he's going to sign as much as bringing in someone that can help the team immediately. But just just dropping back a slight point um, and bringing it on to you, Rob. Talking about Craig Davies, talking about Feeney, talking about Mills and, and even people like Dan DeVita, etc. you think that, that the fact that they've not been able to expand upon their initial periods of productivity, you know, the initial sort of four to six weeks of playing well, whether that comes at the start of the season or mid through, midway through, and just a general consistent inconsistency has been one of the biggest problems we've had this season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, under Friedman, we change tactics every week, and 
people had a good, massive go at him for it. But Lennon's done the same thing as well. Um, probably maybe worse. Kind of probably worse, to be honest. Yeah, he's changed it most weeks. He changes it. But um, I think that probably comes down to not having players available and he has to change it every, every week because someone else is injured. But yeah, I think if the team's going to change every week, then people are going to be inconsistent. I think... You mentioned David there. I think David's been pretty decent this, this season. I mean, he had a shocker in the first half, but then recovered in the second half against Norwich. But um, I think in terms of Feeney, um, the first time I ever saw Feeney was in, I think it was in the FA Cup last season, maybe the third round last year. Yeah. And every time he got it, he ran at the fullback and tried to put a cross in from the byline. This year, he's hardly done that. He gets the ball, um, mm. and when he sees a fullback, he gets scared and just hits into the box and there's no one there. And yeah, at least I'd get rid of him now if I could. But um, yeah, I just think we need, yeah. we need, the main thing we need is more consistency because yeah, we're completely inconsistent at the moment. Definitely. I, I think a lot can be, a lot can be put down to the fact that we're playing a, a, a traditional winger without a traditional centre forward. I mean, I think for example, Feeney would be a much more useful, much more productive member of the side maybe five years ago with Kevin Davies going for in the centre. I mean, Adam LaFondra, fine finisher, like we say, but I don't think he's going to be scoring many headers from any crosses. Um, no. uh, and the fact that we don't play with a traditional left and right wing is probably a testament to that. And so, That's, going forward... I think, well, um, like we're playing Feeney and Walker, left wing back, right wing back. I mean, Walker was awesome on the weekend, but against Cardiff and against Norwich, you had, um, so, Noon... Craig Noon against Cardiff and Nathan Redmond against Norwich. So they're, no one really knows who's picking him up. Is it Ream or Moxie on the left of defence or is it Walker? And yeah, I think having mid- midfielders play a wing back isn't really helping us either because. Well, that was going to come yeah. on to my next point. Do you think that, that, that Feeney's future at the club might be as a more withdrawn attacking fullback option, especially given the problems we've had at right back this season? I hope not. <laughs> I think, I think personally, I think whilst I think he can just about do the right wing back role at times, when he's been put to right back during the season. He's just got no positional awareness to play that position at all, and it, it often costs us. Liam, no chance, absolutely no <laughs> chance. Uh, <laughs> I think if we were going to stick to that formation, which I anticipate we will, yeah, I can I can see it being a, a, a different player that he would go to in time. But it does seem to like him, as you said earlier, Chris. But no, I think I think he's just too flawed defensively for that position before we even get into being the player. Fair dues, fair dues. I think we're all in uh, in relative agreement there. No doubt that'll bother one or two of the uh, Liam Feeney fan club online. But what are we for if we're not here to cause people to get upset? Yeah. Fair dues. Uh, right, so Norwich saw yet another Bolton Wanderers phenomenon. Late goals. <laughs> Rob, uh. what are we doing wrong? What we're doing wrong? Is it a, is it a, a psychological approach? Is it a personnel approach? What's the deal? I think it must be lack of concentration at the end. You can't. It must be what seven or eight games in the last three months. We can see the last minute goals either cost us a win or a draw. So it, it must be just them switching off and just not defending properly. And yeah, I think just got the wrong players playing and. I think yeah, just not just not concentrating. I think that's what it's down to. Just uh, yeah, not, not switching I, I think, up for a minute. I think Lenin. I think Lenin completely agrees with you, uh, Dan. I think 
Mm. Against Norwich, it was more of more of a more of a, more inevitable because they were banging on the yeah. door for a large part of the second half. So, whilst it was incredibly frustrating, I don't think it's as as bad as the one against the likes of Wigan and whichever else has happened in the past. I can't really remember. There's been too many, but it was really disappointing. As I was saying earlier, Ream really stepped up to play in centre back. I thought like he's never done well there previously. He's often shied away from responsibility, not been strong enough. Yeah. But it, I, I thought he really stepped up. He was sweep. He was cleaning up um, all the mistakes Moxie and David were making prior to that, and when he needed them to sweep up for him, because he's only he's not the biggest centre back in the world. Against a big physical striker like Jerome, you can't really expect him to win it. That's why I say Mills might have. But you need David and Moxie to be tucking in to help out and sweep up, but they weren't, and it's their fault that I've done. And I think, was it Rob who said earlier that David's been good this season? He was good for the first half of the season, and I was really liking him. But when Wheater came back from injury and got into the team, and Wheater played really well, but since David's had to come back into the team, he's nah, he's he's gone off the boil massively. I was surprised McCarthy didn't play, actually. I yeah, was I thought very surprised. We, I think David played all right against Cardiff last week. Yeah. Oh. And then when I saw the the bench against Norwich and David and Moxie starting, that was a bit weird. I'm not sure yeah. what was going on there because, yeah, I'd have put McCarthy ahead of both of them. McCarthy, well, there, was a, there was a lot of talk online about the fact that Milkeen dropped and some kind of fallout between the two. And then McCarthy, I took that to be a point of that he's, he's not going to be here next season, so we might yeah. as well play those that are going to be here next season. Now, maybe that contributed to it or not but there was a, an interesting stat that cropped up after the game that once have conceded in the 90th minute or later in seven of the last 16 games now how, how, how can it be acceptable in any sort of context Liam? Can't it, it can't and for, for all everyone sitting around and for all the I mean it's a very good question as to why you know is it mental is it fitness I, I don't know I mean I think it's too easy to say it's a lack of concentration but do we really think that those players are just thinking about something else on the 94th of 95 minutes, one nil up away mm. at Wigan? I, I, it just isn't that. Are, are we unlucky? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's unusual. It's a very, very unusual problem to have. I suppose the, the real burning problem is that it's cost us quite a few points. 12. Exactly. So, yeah, well, well, well that 12 points, yeah, we'll, be, we'll be up close to, I mean, what we are now, we'll be on 42 points now, we're on 52. I just to get a table, we'd be ninth with those 12 points. We'd be a Forest. Hell. See. And the amount of there more money go. that would give us. Yeah. The amount go. of money you'd give me for my bet, never mind giving the club. So oh, I'm yeah. thinking about my bet. But yeah, well, it's, it's criminal, it's criminal, isn't it? I, I think he's dead right, Liam. I think there's no excuse. It's not acceptable. I think the manager needs to address that as one of his, uh, one of his primary objectives this coming summer. Um, Moving on, uh, ever so swiftly, if you boys don't mind. I mean, we've all got work tomorrow. Moving on, Charlton on Tuesday. Um, bit of a nothing game, to be honest with you. Not a lot riding on it. Two mid-table teams not really going anywhere. What can we expect? What would you do? Would you make any sort of drastic changes to the team? Would you give a couple of academy lads a chance? Um, Dan, do you want to start off with that? What, what do you think we're looking at? What yeah. do you think we're yeah, I think there'll be some changes. I can see Janko coming back in for Feeney, giving him a rest. I can, or maybe Walker, because he did tire very badly against Norwich, despite his good initial start. I can see the def- I can see the defence changing completely again. Mills probably back in from injury. McCarthy yeah. instead of Devita, I suspect. Then in the attacking quarters, then I think it's between good. We can't expect Johnson and Heskey to play all the game again because they are, you know, they're going to break. 
They're going to lose everything. Ah, what the hell am I saying? They are going to tire very quickly if we don't preserve them, you know, with their tender age. So I think maybe Davis, Ricina coming back into the side, give it, give us more of a creative edge against home because we need to go out and attack, and we can't, we can't step, we can't sit back against a team we lose, you know, very mid-table like us. We need to go out on. We need to end the season on a higher note and attack like we did away at Cardiff at home. So I just like I just like I don't care if we lose really. I just want to see us go up, go for it for once instead of I being so timid. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, Charlton don't have the best away record in the league. Obviously, it's better than ours. Most teams have got better away records than ours. They've played one five, drawn eight, and lost eight. They've only scored twenty one goals in those twenty. Mm. Uh, what's that? Eight six. That's twelve. Twenty one goals in in, in the twenty one away games. So I mean, they're not particularly high scorers, and. Um, Considered 31 in that time as well, so it, it doesn't point to it being a particularly high-scoring game. I mean, our home goal-scoring record isn't too bad. We've got 34 in the same 21. I mean, I can see us edging it, and I can see us making the sort of changes that you've already considered. Um, Rob, drastic change or more of the same? Like Dan said, I'd bring in Rashinia and make a couple of changes at the back. Um, I'd give Mark. Well, depends if Mark Davis is fit. I'd like to see him play if he's fit, but um, I wouldn't have thought he is. But um, I noticed, I watched the highlights from the weekend, I noticed that Chris Eagles is playing for Charlton. Oh, um, Christ, yes. Yeah, yeah so I'd like to see right. him beat them, give, just so... Uh, will, you give, uh, will you give him a nice reaction, do you think, uh, Liam? Will you give Chris Eagles a clap? <laughs> I, I was never Chris Eagles' biggest fan. And he was at Bolton. Having said that, I think he was scapegoating a little bit towards the end of his period at Bolton. No one likes to see that, because... For all his faults, he, you know, it, it did seem to care. I'll give him that. But I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'll give him a hard time, but I won't necessarily welcome him back. But touching on a point that Dan made earlier, I just want to make it clear that Tim Ream should never, ever, ever play centre back for Bolton Wanderers. Oh, never. You, you, we, we, I was going to raise this as a topic before we finish tonight, but we might as well do it now. Where, where do you think Ream's future lies at Bolton? Do you think it lies at left-back? Do you think it lies at centre-half? Or uh, do you think, as I do, that he's, he's a candidate to play that Dan's defensive midfield role next season? Liam, you might as well carry on since you're on a roll, mate. Definitely not centre-back. Definitely, definitely not. He is well. an absolute liability there. Uh, for me, when he was there, the reason he was there was actually how I got involved in Lionel Vienna in the first place because uh, <laughs> Mark took such an issue between my dislike of Ream in that position. I think he's drawn as a player, taken out of that out of that role. I think he gets exposed with any kind of hostility. And I think any centre forward would target Tim Ream. You take one look at mm. him and you think, I can rough him up. I can have him. And he just mm. he has no bite to him whatsoever. He's settled in at left-back, but most footballers who can play a bit can play at full-back. I think Ream, we should sell. If anyone makes us any kind of offer, we should sell. I think he's... I think he's... That he, noise me, you can hear is uh, Dan Murphy smacking his head against the, a wooden object. <laughs> he, he is such... I, I, you know, he, a liability completely. Any sort of hostility, gone. Yes, he can pass the ball a little bit, you know, and he, he looks good when he's playing. But every time, I mean, I remember the FA Cup game last year at home to Blackpool. We dominated them. Blackpool were poor. But as soon as any Blackpool player got the ball, the first thing they did was run at Ream. 
And you just saw him come apart completely. I would you have a midfield. That, that is his defensive not. positioning. Oh, sorry, sorry, Liam, carry on. Sorry. I would only have him midfield to, if it meant him not playing at the back. That that is it. <laughs> I, I know. Now, I know before, that, we, before we come to the Bolton branch of the Tim Ream fan club, Rob, Tim Ream, yeah, yeah, your name. Where, where do you think his future lies at London? I agree. Not a centre half. No. Um, maybe a left back. Maybe in midfield, but mm, I'm not. I'm I'm a bit with Liam. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced about Ream. I think he's an all right left back, but I think when you get a player like Sean Scannell ripped him apart when he played Huddersfield, I think when you yes. get a player who's got pace and he's skillful, they just go for Ream and he's got no chance. Um, I wouldn't. Ju- I wouldn't just say that. I'd say any half decent player. <laughs> Fair enough. Very interesting. Well. I hope you're all sat comfortably listening at home because we might be here some time. But uh, Dan, Tim Ream, what do you think of him? You fucking monsters. That's <laughs> Paris. <laughs> How dare you? I'm in tears. <laughs> right. Uh, let's set the record straight. Right. I agree. He's not been good at centre. I've said it. He's never fared well at centre back until against Norwich. I thought he did play very well there. Apart from obviously the goal, but. I've said my bit on that. But with Ream everywhere else, he's been, as been said countless times across the Twitter sphere, he has been easily our most consistent player this season. He's played the most, he's played the most games and if, with the vast majority of them, he's been a solid 7 out of 10 player and you need those type of players who will just be a steady, steady ship as you go on. And um, I think without him, with his versatility, with his ability on the ball, because we've got no, perhaps maybe Bannon, but we, we don't know how long we'll have him. We've got no player who can play the ball out from the back as well as he can. And as Chris says, I would like to see him in midfield, but I don't know how well that would do it personally. I think at left-back, I think he's his best position. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think he's very... Oh, man, I lost the words. You've, 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 you've stumped me. <laughs> I think he's very... Don't contain your anger. Just keep your, uh, keep your thoughts consistent and crack on. Dan, I, I don't envy you, Dan, having to defend him. You know, it, it's all right. It's, it's a difficult <laughs> oh, job. That's, that's a good point, to be fair. I do look like I'm not very good, don't I? Oh, no. Um, his, his ability to play the ball out is something we lack a lot. And he's quite, he set up a few goals himself this season. And, um, oh, God, I do sound like I can't really defend him, don't I? This is dreadful. Well, do you want us playing the ball out? I think. I think yeah. <laughs> since when did we yeah, do that? Yeah. He's, he's, he's not even in sync with everybody else. He'll give it to Jay Spearing, and then Jay Spearing would absolutely shit himself, thinking, yeah, "Why is this guy giving shit. me it? Yeah. It's just doing shit. That's why. Don't give, don't give it him then. do it just fine. We need nah, mate, mate. Reem is easily our most consistent player, and he may he's never set. The, I agree. Yeah, he may never set the world alight, but he's not. He's not shit every other match like yeah. others are. So I think well, we definitely need a consistent... The alternative head. is Dean Moxie then. I think maybe some exactly. time yeah. exactly. let, let the devil you know, I guess. If we can get rid of Moxie this year, I hope we do it. He is awful. I'll, I'll give Moxie a little bit of credit. I think he has he has turned his career around a little bit. At, at he's not been the disaster that he looked in his first couple of weeks. I think he's, uh, he's actually looked a bit more of a competent player when, when Lennon's taken a bit of a gamble and played him a little bit further up the field, which I'm not sure yeah, if that's something that. he might... Yeah. Uh, you might look to do towards next season. But bringing it back to Charlton, obviously, they, they've got a couple of players worth noticing. There's an Icelandic chap, uh, Goodmanson, I think his name is, who's uh, he's yeah. their top scorer at this minute in time. So obviously, we'll need to keep him quiet. Their defence, though, 
Tal Ben Haim, Andre Andrew BK, Bikey, whatever his name is. I think there's a weakness there. Um, I fancy Lafondre to, to bag a couple of goals in this uh, on Tuesday night. What do you think, lads? Do you think we've got a good chance? And John, give us a bit of a score prediction each as well. I yeah, think... I mean, oh, yeah, Rob. That, sorry, that was my fault. Bad hosting again, Rob. You, you uh, do you want to start? Then we'll come to Liam and Dan in turn. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I watched Wales against Israel um, a few weeks ago for my sins, and um, Ben Haim was awful. So I think we can get at him and Bikey or BK, however you say it. He's always been rubbish. So let's go and attack them like we did against Cardiff in the second half. And I think Agreed. Uh, three, four, three, four, one. Excellent. That would be very nice on a, on a chilly Tuesday night in Bolton. Liam, yeah. thoughts on Charlton briefly and, and a score prediction, please? Yeah, I mean, I watched the same game, actually, Wales-Israel. Um I think anyone would look terrible when they've got Gareth Bale running at them, but, <laughs> you know... Uh, Apart from Steinson, yeah, maybe. Maybe, except Steinson. I, I think Once. we should. We certainly should win it. We should certainly should win it. I think... I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as that, to be honest. I don't think, unless the other team really doesn't turn up, that we have no right to be winning by 3-4. Um, I would expect 2-0, 2-1. I would be very happy if we kept a clean sheet. Even if it was nil-nil. I think if we kept a clean sheet, I'd be very, very happy. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I think I quite like the Charlton team. They've got some good players. With the defence, you were saying, it looks like Ben Ayim wasn't playing the last game. Got it up now. but So defensively, they are a bit dodgy. Like Roger Johnson's not very good. Left back, I think. Well, it's a guy called Fox. I imagine it's the Fox. Danny Fox, who's played for Burnley. He's not very no, good he's, either. He's not. No, no, no. It's... Uh... I think oh, he's still at Nottingham Forest. He's called Morgan oh. Fox. But uh, oh, Ben Aim, yes. you say Ben Aim's played 35 games this season. So has Beaky. Oh, so that they've both been more or less first choice when fit. I so I can only suspect that perhaps he's going be involved there. Yeah, maybe. So despite the, yeah, despite possibly dodgy defence, which I do think we can get at if we go out and attack them, but they have got quite a decent attack themselves. Like They've got Bird Goodwinson, as you said. He's a good player. Buyans, Eagles, Veto Kalele. Beto Kelly, and then there's one that uh, maybe Dan, uh, Liam can tell us about as Line of Vienna's yeah. resident Celtic expert, Tony Watt. Yeah, you took the words out of your mouth. Tony top Watt. player. Top player. Um, I He's mean, only scored any Celtic, Celtic player or fan will just tell you about that night against Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never be forgotten for that. But, you know, quick, can stick it in the net. Only got four goals, like you say, but always a danger. Those sorts of players always are. Yeah, Interesting. So, so, Dan, did we get a score prediction from you there no, before we were yeah, interrupted? Yeah, no, so um, with their attack, I, can, I could see it being a high-scoring game. Maybe we both teams go at it, nothing to, nothing to lose, nothing to gain, really. Just both go at it, good game. I can maybe see high-scoring maybe a 2-2. Go with that, I think. Fantastic. Well, that'll do for me. That's not a bad uh, not a bad shout either, lads. I'm quite comfortable with that. We've got three Bolton wins, so uh, happy days. Happy days. <laughs> Right, great. So we're just going to bring things to a sort of organic end a little bit here um, by bringing you back into the, the Twitter question, which we posed at the start of last week. Um, we thought we'd take a bit of a devil's advocate approach, maybe using our crystal ball a little bit and, and see into the future and notice that Matt Mills maybe wasn't going to be so straightforward in terms of a contract renewal. But we thought, well, who would be your captain for Bolton over the course of the coming season, whether Mills stays, whether Mills doesn't stay? So we have got a bit of a brief list. We'll, we'll go through this and then we'll have a bit of a chat with each of the uh, LOV experts that we've got in this studio with us today. By studio, I mean Skype. We'll start <laughs> off with uh, Graham Down, Mills for sure. 
passion that guy has. I'm not sure why he's tight this in the, in the sort of Yoda vein, but fair enough. Mind you, I hope we keep spearing. So maybe him as vice captain. Graham there, obviously quite drunk when he typed that out. <laughs> Mr. Mr. R, interesting, at J.R. Le Professeur. So, yeah, we've got an academic in our ranks. Vela, interesting. Young local, first name on the, che- the team sheet. So just keep that in mind, boys. We'll talk about that in a minute or two. Witty Harvin, hopefully it will be a player we haven't signed yet. Not many of these lot have stood up to be counted enough under Lennon. Fair point. Owen Barrington, none of the current lot, bringing a centre-half with one of O'Lennon's own and make him skipper, echoing Witty's comments there as well. Dan, your alternative account here has posted, Ross Keat, Ream is the only option. Darren Greenshield, at Big Daz 88 nice lad. Darren, hope you're listening, hope you're doing well. If he could stay fit, then Weeter, but he can't, so he won't. Fair do. <laughs> Last couple, we've got Mark Ramond, Darren Prattley, a lone voice there calling for Prattley. I think that's a good shout myself. Uh, we've got Wiki Manuel, a, a favourite, Emerald Emmanuel, one of our Nigerian supporters oh, from the old, uh, BWFC Facebook days. Uh, Adam Bogdan, a no-brainer. He's the longest-serving player. That's something I can uh, I can get on board with that one, Emerald. I agree with you there. Chris Merrill's BWFC. C. Merrill's BWFC. Sorry, Ida. Cool, caring influence rather than a pointy, shouty arm flapper in the vein Spearing and Nolan. Offer Bogdan Vice. I presume he means vice captain rather than prostitute, but we don't know. <laughs> Adam, Adam Wanderers, Mills as captain, Good Johnson as vice captain. So thank you all for all your uh, comments and questions over the course of the week there, everyone. Um, Rob, captain for next season, who gets your vote, Mills or someone else? Uh, it depends if Mills is staying, doesn't it? I mean, if Mills stays, I'd keep him captain. Um, other than that, there's not many options, I don't think. Someone like Vela, I mean, someone mentioned Vela there. I think he's probably a bit too young. Um, I'm not really sure he's kind of leader on the pitch as such. But um, I always like a captain to be centre midfielder, central defender. So if Mills is staying, keep him captain. Someone like Barry Bannon, if we could sign him next year, he'd be a decent captain, I think. Leeds, by example. Um, yeah, well, that's the alternative kind of captain, isn't it? You've got the pointy, shouty arm flapper, as, as our friend said there. Or you've got those that lead by example that a Jay Spearing versus a Kevin Nolan, perhaps. But uh, Liam, where, where do you stand on this? Well, I mean, obviously, let's hypothetically say that Mills does go at the end of the season. I think it isn't. there's no obvious answer like there has been in the past, perhaps. So, for me, I've always preferred the calming influence. And I completely agree with Mr Merrills, who thinks that Ida Johnson would be the perfect. I mean, what better man for the dressing room to look up to than Ida Johnson? Um... There's no one else, really, that I think really stands out. I mean, Prattley, perhaps, does does lead by example, but he's far too reckless to be our captain. He's, <laughs> he's a guaranteed yellow every single game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Um, I think with Ida, when you, when you say Ida <laughs> should be captain, Ida was captain against Cardiff, was no, sorry, against Norwich at the weekend, Norwich. and then he was non-existent against Norwich. He wasn't there, so sure you need someone who's going to step up and lead by example. I mean, I I love Ida, love him as a player, but then is he a captain? I'm not sure. Dan, where do you stand? Yeah, there's a lot of nice varied shirts there, and made me think about things I hadn't really considered. And I think Vela is a really interesting shirt there, and the points he made, local lad. Would, you know, get the fans behind straight away. Is a very passionate player. Gets stuck in. So I. I I do quite like that show. I hadn't considered that. My personal choice was going to be Bogdan, longest you know longest serving player. He is the first name on the team sheet. 
he's your first if he stays that is he's your first choice goalkeeper maybe that's a way of keeping him to stay offering him the captaincy and I think that but personally whilst I would do like Bogdan I think that would be a good choice I'm not a big fan of goalkeepers being getting the armband I prefer I agree with Rob I prefer it to be a centre midfielder or your centre back so if Mill stays I'd probably leave it with him but because as I said earlier I don't think there's many other leaders on in our team other than Mills and I think with the good Johnson shirts, whilst, as you say, he'd be a, he's a model player, model professional, easy the most prestigious player we have. He'd be a, you know on, on you know you'd be a you imagine it'd be an honour to walk out behind him as your leader. But um, I just don't think he he's going to play enough games. We don't know how long he's going to be here after this season, really. So I don't think we need to think think a bit bigger picture to have Idris captain, vice captain every now and then. Yeah, definitely vice captain all the time, even. But I don't think. At this stage in his career, despite his experience, I don't think we can really rely on him on to be captain where we don't know how many games he's going to fit in next season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you've all, got, all made some very good points there. Personally, I think it's 12 months too soon for Vela. Um, I, I think it's it, yeah. it's a fine shout. I think he's got all the credentials to be a, to be a bottom one, just captain in the future without question. Um, I just think it's too it's 12 months too soon. Let him let him settle in. Hopefully, in central midfield. Let him, mm. you know, play a full season there, exert his influence that way, get another year under his belt, and then he'll be what, twenty two, twenty three. I think he'd be, you know, be prime ca- prime candidate to be captain. Personally, mm. I, I think, you know, I think Bogdan is, is a good example as well if he was to stay. Um, captaincy wise, I, I'm of the opinion that he doesn't really these days. I don't think captaincy is quite as important. I think it's much more of a of a ceremonial role. It doesn't really have that much influence as far as I can tell. You've obviously got your shouters, your mills, spearing. Etc. Then Kevin Davies was captain through you know a decent period of the club's re- recent better times as well. So who's to say which is the right way? Who's to say which is the wrong way? I think we've got a, a good few options there. Not to mention the inevitable signings that are going to come in. You know, yeah. just just there's so much possibilities going forward that it really could go either way. And, and I think on that note of uncertainty, we'll uh, we'll draw this to the close just by proposing the question for next week, um, which in a last minute frantic. Facebook message session we realised we haven't thought of one news broke this week that the club have, have offered three contracts believed to be Mills, Prattley and Bogdan we're going to take that up a little bit you've only got two two contract offers that you can make you've only got money in the coffers Uncle Eddie's dipped into his, uh, the back of his sofa found a few quid but there's only enough money for two players to be offered new contracts which two would they be and why if you can uh, direct your answers to the line of the NFA, uh, Twitter website Twitter address sorry and let us know what you think and why, and we'll we'll go through a few of these options and let you know the answers next week, along with our own thoughts too. Uh, so on that note, um, I'd just like to say thanks for for listening. Thanks, lads, for contributing. Rob, hope you've not found the podcast to be too intimidating, uh, and too daunting. I think we've had a very decent start there, Matthew. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, guys. No worries. Liam, Dan, as usual, expert analysis, right. and I think we can all agree it's much better without Dennis. We'll, we'll take it from there. <laughs> And we'll see you all down the road. Love to your mothers. Have a happy rest of your weekend and we'll see you next week. See you later.